BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Hey kids, Townsend Coleman here, the voice of Michelangelo from the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Cowabunga! And you're listening to the Neverland Podcast right now, which is totally bodacious. Another world, another time, in the age of wonder. There was once a dream, you could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper, and it would vanish. A battle between good and evil! You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers, Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm going to have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith and trust. Well, if it isn't the star-spangled man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! Take your pixie out of your pocket, get your happiest thought, and let's fly away to Neverland with a little bit of that pixie dust. I, of course, am your host, the Spider Pan Jeremy, and we're going to jump into some turtle power today. We have a new movie, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Out of the Shower, Out of the Shower, wow, Out of the Shadows. I hope they came out of the shower and got nice and clean, because they live in a sewer, so they do need to get cleaned off. But Out of the Shadows came out this weekend, and I took the time to go see it, and I will review it. There's also a new teaser trailer that, it's not a Disney film, but I think it might be something we would be interested in. It is just funny, bizarre, and kind of cute enough that I think you will enjoy it. It's called Monster Truck, so we'll take a look at that trailer as well. And then, of course, for some story time, we're just going to dive right into some fun audio I found of some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, adventures. I think this was an audio taken from the the comic books. You know, the Archie had published, based kind of on the old 1980s animated series. But why are we diving in so much to talk about some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles other than a movie? Because isn't this supposed to be a Disney podcast? Well, I would like to remind you of the MGM Studios at Walt Disney World from 1990, and some websites are saying from 19 to 1996. But the information that I have been finding. From the Orlando Sentinel, uh, this is an article dated May 30th, 1995, say that on the, that their contract was going to be up on that Thursday back in 1995, and so they're saying that today and Wednesday, so I guess May 30th that year was a Tuesday, because I do remember 1995, May 26th was actually when I graduated, and I believe that uh, might have been a Thursday night, so this would have been like a week later. But so apparently this was a Tuesday, May 30th, and then Wednesday would have been the 31st, and so I guess June 1st was the the end. No more. No more Ninja Turtles. Now, so why were there Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles inside of a Disney park? I could not find anything that confirmed this for me. But, you know, around 1990 is when the first film came out, and as you probably know, Jim Henson's Creature Shop helped make the live-action turtle puppets for that first film, and of course, uh, I'm pretty sure they did the second ones. The third ones, yeah, I, I, I think Jim Henson's Creature Shop would have done better in that third movie if you actually saw it. But the costumes were terrible. But the first one 
they were really good. Second one, they were still good. They kind of, I think, lightened the tone, but they, they still had similar look. So, you know, you can see the evidence of Jim Henson's Creature Shop. But, you know, Jim Henson had been working uh, with Disney at the time. I don't know that uh, Disney had really taken much on control of, of the Muppets at that point. Uh, but, you know, Jim Henson did like working with the Disney company, and they were developing a really fun 3D attraction, as we all know, Muppets 3D, Muppet Vision 3D. Uh, so it seems there might have been a connection. Maybe there were some deals kind of working where, you know, the Disney company must have been looking to say, hey, this is going to be a, a big movie. This is kind of popular and decided to have a meet and greet in the parks. And so, of course, when there's something going on in the parks, uh, I think it's time we go and visit one. Pizza again? April, get him off the phone. And now, let's hear it for April O'Neil with Mr. Party, Michelangelo. Come on down, you two, and see all your friends. Okay, 
Now we're going to talk about a different sort of weird, interesting, and fun creature uh, with a trailer review for uh, Monster Trucks. Mama, now the gator got in the house. Now the gator? Give me that sugar. Come here. Get him all. Get that gator. The Neverland Trailer Park. Hey, Trip. Hey, Sam. You want to see something crazy? This place is sleeping out right now. Told you never seen anything like this. Local residents have reported numerous sightings of an unidentified creature. We're looking for something unusual, something dangerous. What are you? There's something going on here. I don't even know how to begin to explain. Take a look. He likes hiding in my truck. This thing is awesome, but it's smart. It is an engine for my truck. And that right, Creech. You named him Creech? Think you can keep up with me? You got it! You see that? Show off! Aren't you curious about where it came from? I'm gonna get you home and away from whoever's after you. <laughs> I love you too. Watch out! Let go! I can see better than you! <laughs> hey, get back in there! Trip touches his eye! Trip, this man might have a reward with you. I'm not going anywhere with you. Yes, you are. The monster is in the truck! Whoa! Did you see that? Did that just happen? Oh, yeah, it did. I'm a scientist. I want to help you. We're a family. What do you need? Trucks. Hope oh, you picked something up from watching me. A week ago, you were riding a bicycle. Oh, I really hope they have their seatbelts on. Let's go! Okay, Crease, let's get you fed. I like your truck. Thanks. <laughs> Okay, now, I actually first heard about this from Lost Boy Eric. He had posted it to Facebook. Uh, I think something he thought was kind of just really bizarre and everything. And so I went and I was curious. I took a look. And so this is uh, about, I don't know if this is an alien or what this creature is, who apparently drinks gasoline and hides out in this guy's truck. And... <laughs> They become to become friends and in a very E.T. like fashion. And they find out later that, of course, that uh, he's got uh, friends and family. And so they're also going to occupy trucks and hide out in trucks while they try to find their way back home. While, of course, being pursued by probably a government agency who wants to capture, kill, study, whatever, these apparent monsters. Uh, <laughs> this is just, it's the most ludicrous, silly idea. But when you, if you ever get a chance to actually see this trailer, the monsters are just so weird and cute, <laughs> you know? So uh, I actually think this could be fun. And this might be the type of weird thing that us as Disney fans are actually going to enjoy because of the lightheartedness and fun uh, that appears to be going on with this film. It's a very weird idea. Nah, it's it's original and yet not that original to have, oh, yeah, boy, I mean, weird creature thing and protects it from people while trying to take it home. You know, it's not really that new, but having them as these weird tentacled, goofy things that drink kerosene and live in a truck, effectively making the monster trucks is, well, it's unique and just fun. So uh, I'm looking forward to this. I think this trailer did a very good job of just kind of showing this weird, goofy idea. And if you got the right mentality for it, I think you're going to watch this and say, all right, this looks silly enough. I'm going. All righty. But now that we've had a trailer, it's time for a movie review. There'll be spectacle, there'll be fantasy, there'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. Maybe a movie. Yeah, we're gonna be a movie. Starring everybody and me. Boy, I wish I were you people seeing this for the first time. Kermit, I got a great picture of the chicken. Oh, good. We gotta go now. We only have a 30 second window. I don't know if this is such a good plan. What's the matter? You afraid of heights? Woo! 
Got jokes, huh? Who are these guys? <laughs> you want to go down swinging? <laughs> these guys hit harder than anyone. You're up, guys. You met your match, turtles. Dude, seriously? Yeah, that's my bad. I got a little carried away. Doesn't seem so tough. I was expecting mustache, maybe evil goatee or something. Okay, so despite me really not liking the first Michael Bay-produced Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that much, uh, it was kind of fun, but really not that great of a film overall. Uh, I went ahead because of the, you know, I figured I would review it for the show, plus I was listening to Saturday Morning Rewind, and they had a guest on there that said that all the things they got wrong with the first in this new franchise of Ninja Turtle movies, they seemed to try to correct with this one. So I thought, well, let me give it a fair chance and go and view it. And I will say, I had more fun with this film than I did the previous one, because I did have some fun at least with the previous. It was just, I was really bothered by the retooled origin which actually does mirror the current Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics where only one of the original creators is actually involved in these current comics where the turtles were a lab experiment where April was there as a little girl and gave them colors and names or something like that and then uh, you know they managed to get washed into a sewer were mutated and learned ninjutsu from a book which is terrible <laughs> so we we've got that out of the way so we don't have to really think about that too much with this film this movie actually felt more like a stretched out episode of the 1980s teenage mutant ninja turtle series krang is introduced pretty early on voiced by brad garrett and he does a great job as being krang for the Unfortunately, few times you're going to get to see him near the beginning and at the end of the film. Also, you will get to see the Technodrome, because, of course, what Krang's ultimate goal is to bring the Technodrome into our world and conquer it. And you will even see some resemblances of the Technodrome to the 1980s animated series. There is also plot holes like you would find in a half-hour animated series episode where Donatello can magically get onto a computer, search for any information, and manage to find it even if it should not exist anywhere on the internet on the, the human world. He, in fact, manages to analyze a piece of the Technodrome and find out that it is in ownership of someone named Commander Krang. How in the world is he supposed to have gotten this information? Don't know, but that's not the only time you're going to find this type of issue. So the best thing to do is just go with it and kind of feel like you're watching a cartoon. This also has similarities to the, uh, the old Secret of the Ooze film, you know, the second in the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie franchise, where it doesn't seem like the turtles are going to be allowed so much to use their weapons, and there's not a whole lot of combat from them, um... You will see, you know, there's some sort of cartoony violence kind of thing with because you do get Rocksteady and Bebop in this film, which was fun. And I did not expect WWE wrestler Sheamus actually to be the human and the voice of Rocksteady because, of course, you do get to see Rocksteady and Bebop as humans. And I think it was wonderful casting. They were very fun as Rocksteady and Bebop. They almost stole the movie at times because they were basically their goofy, not-so-bright selves 
but just like destroying things. And they're like, we're our bros, you know, and they were, they were very entertaining. And like I said, they almost stole the movie. Um, there is some attempt at trying to deepen the plot and have some, uh, deeper stories going on where you have two different things where Leonardo is struggling with how to be the best leader for the team and how to get them to be more cohesive and work as a team and learning to appreciate each one of them's differences and how they should all work together as a team. This isn't necessarily resolved other than well, less than what the Avengers did because, yeah, there's comparison to the Avengers when you have a portal in the sky opening over New York where aliens are going to come through it. Yeah, that reminded me of the, the Avengers and also trying to get them to work together as a team whereas the Avengers were kind of brought together by Coulson's apparent death, which, you know, Tahiti is a magical place. Um, but they are just, I guess, just suddenly reunite because, well, because they need us, you know, so... There's not really a whole lot of a step of change that you see other than, you know, just saying, you know what, well, you know, we need you to be the people that you are or the turtles that you are, that kind of thing. Um, so it's it's an interesting plot point, but it, it is developed and uh, resolved in a very childlike, simple way, as is another side plot where mainly Raphael and Michelangelo are dealing with you know, being a turtle and stuck down the sewer and only being able to come out at night can't be seen by humans and it's kind of restrictive. You're stuck down in there and uh, there is an opportunity with this mutagen that uh, Shredder gets from Krang. Well, they never call it mutagen. They called it ooze. Uh, but uh, this ooze is able on a human to bring in any latent animal characteristics you might happen to have so that you don't have to be the last animal you were in contact with kind of thing like the uh, the animated series was back in the 80s. So, well, the Turtles managed to get hold of some of this because April, she manages to get a hold of it and gets it to them. We'll just, you know, simplify it for that. But Donatello, after analyzing this, tells Leonardo that... It's possible if he worked with this, he may be able to turn them human, which would allow them to be accepted by the human populace. They could go out in public anytime they wanted, and it can completely change their life. Now, Leonardo sees that this could be problematic, and so he asks Donatello to keep it secret, but nothing stays secret for long. And so that that adds some tension because there is a temptation to just try to turn themselves completely human. Now, this, of course, gets resolved in just a simple decision of like, you know what, let's just stay turtles. Uh, it doesn't seem like anything was built up to where, you know what, there's an advantage to us being turtles so much. Uh, there's like a brief mention that, well, we can, we're the only ones who can get near the pieces, the Technodrome, because there's a different kind of air around those from wherever they came from that, uh, we breathe differently, so we'd be able to breathe it and the humans wouldn't, and it was very vague, and, well, most of the, uh, plot points in this are very vague. Uh, so there's a lot to complain about. But overall, I did have a good time. I did enjoy Stephen Amell as Casey Jones. It was a very different character, actually, than what we've seen him on Arrow. I expected some similarities because it's the whole vigilante thing. But he's basically a cop who's going a little bit rogue uh, because he's being restricted from going after Rocksteady and Bebop on, uh, when, as humans, they uh, helped Shredder escape while he was, of course, on guard, transporting the Shredder to where he's going to be uh, incarcerated from being captured in the first film. Why he didn't die in the first film after falling off the building, I still don't know, but whatever. But uh, there is, of course, no mention of him being Orokosaki or anything like that. Still, he is just Shredder. That is all he is ever going to be called, apparently. Uh, we do get a pretty good performance of from Tyler Perry as Baxter Stockman. I did really enjoy him. He was a lot of fun. Uh, I kind of wonder if he's going to be utilized perhaps in a third film. Will we maybe see him come as a fly? Uh, he's kind of dismissed, and I guess there is a little bit of a theme here from trusting uh, trust that you would have on a team and how the turtles have that trust and that brotherhood and respect each other and how Shredder and his group, they don't really have that respect of each other uh, because Shredder, of course gets rid of Baxter when he doesn't need him, and Crane kind of treats Shredder the exact same way when he uh, has resolved things. That may be a slight spoiler, but you really can't expect Shredder and Crane to get along if you saw the old 1980s series, though, can you? So, uh, overall, though, I did have fun. Just check your brains at the door and go along for the ride, and uh, a little bit of a salute to the 1980s in that you'll hear uh, sort of a turtle phone tone that kind of goes, heroes in a half shell, a little bit. Uh, so... Uh, definitely some fun. Uh, you know, we get to see Vern back and he's gotten to take the credit for the defeat of Shredder because the Turtles can't take credit for that. And as you would expect, there is 
of course, coming at the end, it's very predictable that there will be some level of acceptance for the Turtles as just being who they are, which I suppose is supposed to be another message of just, you know what, be who you are and just be accepted for the fact, even if you're a six-foot-tall turtle. So, yeah, overall, I'd say if you uh, if you liked the first movie, you'll probably like this one. If you're just a fan of Ninja Turtles, you'll probably still have some fun. Uh, this is not Oscar caliber, but it is a good popcorn type of movie, and I think it's going to do fairly well because, like I said, it's a lot of fun. Uh, they toned down, I think, some of the violence and some of the grittiness, except for the look of the turtles. Uh, and the Foot Clan actually do look like ninjas now. So <laughs> uh, it looks like they did try to fix a lot of things. You get to spend a lot more time with the turtles and their their characteristics, their behaviors, uh, and enjoy their company. And really, there's a, a lot of toy nods going on with Roxanne and Bebop's motorcycles. The turtles get a big garbage truck that flings out sewer lids and has some goofy attachments that really do seem like they came from the old toy line because Donatello can make ridiculous machines that are that are just comical and fun. Which in a movie you seem would seem silly, but because it's the turtles and it's so cartoony, and they established that in this one that we're being cartoony, you're able to just go with it. So, yep. Overall, as I've said many times now, just go and have fun with it, and go ahead and check your brain at the door. This is your Neverland story time. You can listen along with your MP3 device. You will know it is time to listen when you hear the chime like this. Let's begin now. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Heroes in a Half Shell, The Complete Adventure, published by Random House. Chapter 1. In a big high-tech city somewhere in the future, television reporter April O'Neill was doing a remote broadcast outside a mysterious back-alley warehouse. Crime. It's just something we take for granted in the big city. But recently, three scientific equipment companies have been robbed and some high-tech machinery stolen. The strange part is that the method of the robberies is anything but high-tech. Experts say it can only be the work of ninjas, an ancient band of Japanese warriors. We're here at Technology Central, for it may be the next target of these mysterious burglars. I'll report as soon as anything develops. April O'Neil, Happy Hour News. Back to you, Jeff. Okay, that's a wrap. This isn't the safest neighborhood in the world. Let's go. What are you, a bunch of sissies? This is going to be fun. We're the news media for crying out loud. Who'd want to hurt us? Uh, them maybe? The cameraman nervously pointed over April's shoulder. She turned around in surprise. Huh? A group of punks were stalking out of the shadows. Their leader angrily waved a metal rod. April sprang into action. Get the camera! But the television crewmen were terrified. They flung down their equipment and ran off. Uh, I think I left the iron on in my apartment. Me too! The leader of the punks scowled at April. We got a message for you, lady. Oh? The big boss wants you to stick to reporting fashion shows. Okay, uh, sure. No problem. We don't believe you. Then here. Catch! In one smooth motion, April picked up the television camera and hurled it straight at the thug. April turned and started to run. Knowing she couldn't outrun the punks, she squeezed through the narrow opening of a large sewer grate at a street curb. Ouch! This is a tight squeeze. You must be putting on weight, O'Neill. The punks weren't going to let April escape so easily. They pried open a manhole cover and followed April down into the sewers. (laughs) This is great. Oh, I really must be onto something hot if they're trying to kill me. Get her! Get her! They're gaining on me. April looked back over her shoulder and crashed headlong into a brick wall. Oh! As April dizzily lifted her head, she saw the punks looming over her. Sign-off time, April O'Neil. But as the leader lifted his metal rod, something struck him on the chin. Chill out, homeboy! It was an enormous green turtle. A second punk tried to attack the turtle, but he wasn't fast enough. 
Watch it with that thing, pal. A third bunk whipped out a pistol. You are dead meat. Another turtle sword sliced right through the pistol's barrel. You shouldn't play with guns. Another turtle knocked another punk's sword out of his hands. Weird-looking dudes. Two punks tried to attack one of the turtles. But he easily flung the punks against the brick wall. Soon all four punks were out cold, with their weapons jumbled in a heap. <sighs> April was shaking with relief. She looked gratefully at the four strange turtles. I don't know who you are, but thanks. <gasps> You're not human! We're dealing with a real mind here. The four turtles advanced towards April. You... your... turtles! I can't handle this. Hey, whoa! Whoa! Ah, uh, she's no fun. She fainted. Elsewhere, someone was watching April and her rescuers on a large screen. What the devil? A short time later, deeper in the sewers, April slowly woke up from her fainting spell. She was in a large room filled with furniture, books, even a TV. Oh, my head. Where am I? Now I remember those turtles. Some hot tea? What? A, a giant rat? Sure enough, a giant rat was holding out a mug of hot tea. Calm yourself. You are safe. But who? What? One of the turtles stepped into the room. Pizza time! I've got some pepperoni and ice cream, jelly bean and mushroom, and my favorite, anchovies and peanut butter. This is seriously grossing me out. I start off to do a story about some high-tech robberies, and I end up talking to a bunch of turtles and their pet rat. Who are you guys? Uh, perhaps I can best explain. Mm -hmm. The rat then told April the following story. The story of my young friends and I is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. In Japan, there is a ninja clan known as the Foot. Yoshi was a quiet man. He was their teacher in the warrior ways of enlightenment. But one student sought to usurp his leadership. His name was Oroku Sake. One day, when a master teacher visited the foot school, he made his move. In a flash, Oroku Sake whipped out his knife and pinned Yoshi's robe to the wall. All the students bowed down to their master teacher, except for Yoshi. Bow down before our beloved master. What? I can't move. My rope is pinned. He reached behind his back and found out the reason. A knife. The other teachers saw the weapon and turned on poor Yoshi. Treacherous dog. You brought to kill our honorable master. I know. For this misdeed, you should be banished from the Foot Clan forever. What say you, honorable master? I say, throw the bum out. Sake had won his battle to control the clan. In Japan, under Saki's leadership, the foot became an army of crime. In disgrace, Yoshi fled to America and was forced to live in the sewers. His only friends were the rats, until one day some new friends came. Oops. Down the drain, a boy walking on the street above the sewer tripped. The glass bowl he was carrying broke. Four little turtles came down the grate and landed on Yoshi. He made them his pets. Then one day, Yoshi found the turtles covered in a strange, glowing liquid. <gasps> Yoshi picked up the turtles and looked at the liquid. It was a powerful mutagen. It caused whoever touched it to take on the form of whatever animal they had most recently been in contact with. The turtles began to become human. They had most recently been with Yoshi. But Yoshi 
had most recently been with the rats. April pointed to the giant rat telling the story. Then Hamato Yoshi is you. The turtles grinned. You've got a mind like a steel trap, lady. Splinter nodded at the turtles. Knowing that they would be outcasts, I trained them in the art of ninjutsu. They named me Splinter, and I in turn named them after my favorite Renaissance painters. <laughs> As Splinter introduced them, each turtle came forward with a weapon. Hey! This is Donatello. His simple wooden staff can disarm any adversary. Hey! Here is Raphael. No sword on earth can withstand his sai. Hey! As for Leonardo, his swordsmanship is unmatched. Meet Michelangelo, master of the whirling nunchakus. Michelangelo picked up a pizza and spun it around on his finger. And master of the whirling pizzas. That is how they became the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So do you know who dropped the mutagen? No, but one day we'll find them and force them to return our master to his human form. What do you think, April? I think you did those robberies. What? Ain't you up on current events, lady? We just saved your life. Whoever did those robberies might have been ninjas, but they weren't turtles. Either way, you're still news. You put us on TV and every scientist in town will be after us. You're staying here till we figure something out. We spent half our lives in a glass bowl and we ain't going back. Later, as the turtles tried to decide what to do with April. I got it. She stays here with us for the rest of her life. Yeah, right. Try again, Mr. Wizard. Leonardo strapped his swords on his back. There's only one solution. We'll find those ninjas and April will get her story, leaving us out of it. Let's go. Meanwhile, at their boss's headquarters, the punks were telling their story to the boss. Uh, those four weirdos beat the pants off of us, Mr. Shredder. I know that, you idiots. Did they look like reptiles? Uh, I didn't get such a good look, you know. The Shredder shook his fist. Fools! They could have been turtles. I must know. Back beneath the city streets, the turtles in April busily searched through the sewers. We're not going to find anything here. This is where we fought those dudes. Maybe if... Look! Michelangelo picked up a matchbox from the ground. It had Ninja Pizza written on it. Wow, what luck! Do you know what this is? A crucial piece of evidence? The clue that will lead us to the heart of the evil Ninja Empire? Even better, it's a place where we can get some pizza. I'll check it out. No, April. You wouldn't last five minutes in a ninja pizza parlor. Besides, we're hungry. The turtles began climbing up a ladder to the street. April followed them. Moments later, at street level, April peered around the corner of a building. The turtles clustered behind her. We'll get nowhere unless we do something about your looks. Bingo! Stay here. There's a men's clothing store right down the street. April returned a short time later and handed each turtle a trench coat and a snap-brim hat. This is the best I could do. Here's looking at you, kid. Just try not to draw attention to yourself, Raphael. I'm Leonardo. Oh, sorry. April and the turtles headed for the Ninja Pizza Parlor. It should be down the next block, okay, Donatello? I'm Michelangelo. The next block was lined with stores, a ninja pizza parlor, a ninja shoe repair, and a ninja cleaners. Hey, look, there it is. Hey, there's something suspicious about this neighborhood. They went into a pizza parlor. Two men were behind the counter. April didn't like their looks. 
don't know about this place. <laughs> don't worry, April. Whoever heard of ninjas hanging out in a pizza parlor? One of the countermen suddenly stabbed a sword into the counter. Welcome to Ninja Pizza. Home of the nice slice. The turtle sat down at a table. April was still nervous. She looked at her new friends. But you're ninjas, and you're in a pizza parlor. A camera hanging in the corner of the room recorded everything as the shredder watched on his giant screen in the Technodrome. This April O'Neil is getting too close to my operation. The turtles happily ate their pizza. Then they noticed April wasn't there. Hey, what happened to April? I guess she wasn't hungry. Outside the pizza parlor, April did some snooping. She noticed the name on one of the buildings. Manhattan Security Service. Hmm. She pushed open the door and slipped into the building's lobby. A receptionist was speaking on a phone. Oh, why, of course we can help. We offer protection to many scientific firms throughout the city. Huh? Then the receptionist gave an order over a public address system. Security team C, report to reception. A group of marching robots arrived at the reception area. The receptionist gave them instructions. I've got another scientific equipment company just waiting to be cleaned out. April realized what was happening. These robot foot soldiers were responsible for the robberies around town. She ran for the door. Oh no, I've got to get to a phone. <sighs> Hello, boss. I found the robbers. Send a crew to... Mm. A gloved hand was swiftly clamped over April's mouth. Then two masked men picked the reporter up and carried her off. Mm. April? April! Moments later, the turtles appeared on the scene. I'm worried about April. Look, it's her wallet, and here's her press pass. It's a trail. Let's go. As they approached a six-story building, Michelangelo looked up at the roof. Something was hanging over the edge. Look, her purse. Whoa, way to go, Hawkeye. The turtles ran up six flights of stairs to the top of the building and pushed open the door to the roof. Who should they spot but April, bound and gagged? April! Careful, Leo. It could be a trap. Suddenly, a group of masked men surrounded April. Yup! It's a trap! Raphael looked at his friends. Lose the coats, guys! It's go time! Donatello plunged his staff into one of the masked men, but the staff didn't even make a dent. Raphael struck another man with his scythe. Clang? Did you say clang? Leonardo's sword sliced through the robot's body. Metal innards spilled out. They're robots! Robots? Yahoo! Let's rock, dudes! Michelangelo cracked his nunchaku against one robot. Another robot put out a force field to pull Raphael toward him. Raphael grabbed onto a vent pipe. Some kind of tractor beam. Man, where are they getting their gear? Mars? Ugh, can't hold on much longer. Eat steel, creep! Raphael let go of the steel side. The strange beam pulled the glittering trident right into the robot, which exploded. The force field collapsed. As more robots approached, the four turtles ran behind a wall and pushed against it with all their might. Let's take out some of these metal monkeys. Push! The wall crashed down, crushing the robots as April looked on in amazement. Hope we didn't keep you waiting long, April. The turtles untied April and then ran to the edge of the roof. Some of the robots had escaped and were running across another rooftop. Oh no, they're getting away! Oh no, they're not! 
Leonardo tied a rope around his sword and hurled it down to the nearby roof of the Manhattan Security Service Building. Let's go, gang! One by one, April and the turtles slid down the taut rope. Once inside the building, they looked around in amazement. Where is everybody? Guys, look! This is an Acme Technologies digital transceiver. This is big league gear. Donatello stared into the transceiver's screens and saw the shredder, who was in his surveillance room observing the turtles. Hey, who's the guy with the metal face? On the screen, the shredder shook his fists. They are turtles. They must not discover my technodrome. An announcement came over the PA system. All footballs return to the technodrome at once. Technodrome? Where's that? You mean, what's that? We came from the roof, so it must be down. Here's the stairs. Let's boogie! Minutes later, many floors below... <sighs> you stay here, April. We'll stop these foot creeps. In here, guys. Michelangelo ran into the basement room. Two footbots were turning large water valves. And what are they doing with those... Valves! Suddenly, a huge rush of water poured out of the pipes. April gasped as it came toward her. <gasps> Hold on, April! The turtles lifted her up. Thanks! The water's rising fast! We've got to get to the roof! the beach boys when you need them. <laughs> Cowabunga. Floor by floor, the building filled up with water. Oh, come on, guys. Make for the stairs. <laughs> the turtles and April ran back up to the roof. The rope! It's our only chance! We gotta climb back the way we came. They grabbed onto the rope and hoisted themselves up hand over hand, just as a geyser of water exploded through the roof. Clinging safely to their rope, the turtles and April looked down at the chaos below. Whoa! Ha! I'd say that the ninja crime wave is a washout! <laughs> Later, back in their underground home, the turtles spread out the footbot's clothing they had brought back. Splinter looked at it. This is what the ninja robots wore. Oh, as I feared, it is the uniform of the Foot Clan. My old enemy, Orakusake... Must be nearby. <laughs> Don't worry, Master Splinter. If that metal-faced goon shows up, we'll get him. We turtles don't know the meaning of defeat. Yeah, he never bothered to look it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't you guys take anything seriously? The turtles grinned and held up slices of hot pizza. I should have known. Chapter 2 The following morning, April and the Turtles made their way on underground pipes to the Manhattan Security Service Building. The tunnel was knee-deep in water. Finding the Technodrome is my only hope of getting a story out of this mess. We'll find it, April. It should be just ahead. Funny, we don't usually get much rain down here. That's not rain. It's water from last night's flood. They climbed through a large hole in a solid rock wall. The Technodrome should be right... here? The Technodrome had been there. But now all that remained was a giant, empty cavern. It's gone. We've got to tell Splinter about this. What a story! Meanwhile, deep under the Earth's crust, the Technodrome was burrowing through solid rock, operated by its commander, the Shredder. And was he angry? I don't believe it. My ninja's beaten by a bunch of turtles. A command came over the PA system. Wasaki, this is Greg. Report to me at once. What now? The Shredder entered a room in the lower level of the Technodrome. There, connected to a life support system, sat a huge, slimy, pink creature with tentacles. Well, what is it? Saki, my old friend. I told you to call me the Shredder. 
Krang snarled. <laughs> I have given you vast technical knowledge. You have not fulfilled your part of the bargain. You have not provided me with a potty. None of us are safe with those turtles hounding us. Then stop them. You are the one who tried to destroy Yoshi with that mutagen. But instead he gained the powers of the rats. What if he had been near a more powerful animal? Ha! That's it! I'll mutate my own people! All I need are killer animals. That's quite a brain you've got, Krang. Of course it is. It's all I've got. The Shredder left on the run, while April, in the city sewer with the turtles, came up with an idea. I'll check the newsroom and see if there's any word on the Technodrome's whereabouts. Very well. Come, my sons. Our adversary has quite a head start on us. Splinter ran off, with the turtles close behind. Across town in the Central Park Zoo, something strange was happening. A sidewalk had begun to split open. Two robots wearing drills on their heads burst through the concrete. One of the robots cut through the bars of two cages with a white-hot ray. Okay, buddy, you're coming with us. In a flash, the robots lassoed a wild boar and a rhino. Just come along quietly and you won't get hurt. Back underground, the turtles had made a discovery. This rock looks freshly drilled. Suddenly, they came up against a solid wall of fallen rock. Oh, no. There must have been a cave in. We'll never get through that. Head upwards, my sons. Try to find a way around all this. I'll try to get through somehow. We rats can burrow through anything. Inside the Technodrome, the Shredder talked to the punk thugs who had attacked April earlier. I need volunteers. I will give you the strength of a dozen ordinary men. Big hairy deal. We don't volunteer for nothing. But it will enable you to get even with the turtles who so recently humiliated you. I volunteer? No, me. Me, first. A short time later, Rocksteady and his punk pal Bebop were strapped down on tables. The Shredder, wearing a protective suit, held a glowing can. A can filled with a mysterious mutagen. Hey, what are you doing to us, man? Just relax. Suddenly, the door opened and two robots wheeled in with the zoo animals. What are them animals for? Meanwhile, the turtles were climbing up to the street. Light shone down on them from a sewer grate. That looks like the end of the line up ahead. They climbed out into the middle of a busy city street. I got a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore, Uncle Toto. Yikes, and I thought the sewers were bad, huh? Just then, the turtle spotted a building with Channel 6 on it. Hey, look, that's where April works. Let's find her. April was in a bad mood. She hadn't had much luck in the newsroom. She stomped down the hall deep in thought, determined to solve the case. Talking to my boss is like talking to a brick wall. I've got to get this story, or I might just get fired. All on account of those turtles. Hey, April! Oh, no! April told the turtles what she had managed to find out. I'm on a story that could lead us to the Technodrome. Don't laugh, but some robots stole two animals from the zoo. <laughs> Sounds weird enough. Let's check it out. Meanwhile, working far below ground, Splinter finally broke through the rock wall that separated his sewer from the Technodrome. At last! And what should he see but an enormous metal sphere with tank treads on its base? The Technodrome! I must find a way inside it! Splinter cautiously approached it. Suddenly, a hatch door opened on the side, and a lasso was flung around the rat. All right, buddy, just come along peacefully. Oh! A robot hauled Splinter up to the hatch. Don't make this any tougher on yourself. Meanwhile, April and the turtles had arrived at the Central Park Zoo. 
They looked at the hole made by the robot's drilling. Uh, wait for us here, April. If there was a cave-in, we could dig our way out, but you couldn't. One by one, the turtles climbed into the hole. Oh, don't worry. We know how to handle ourselves and... So was... They fell straight onto something large and round and metallic. Yay! This is the Technodrome, I presume. The turtles quickly slid down the side of the Technodrome to the ground. Raphael recognized something. Oh, no. Splinter's walking stick. I hope he's not in trouble. But he is. If you want to see him again, you'll have to come in. It's gotta be a trap. But we have no choice. Inside his surveillance room, the Shredder watched on a screen as the turtles entered the halls of the Technodrome. Now we'll see how good you turtles really are. The turtles stalked down a corridor. Be careful, guys. Who knows what might be in here? Suddenly, a door slid open. Oh! Team, we are in deep trouble. Robots! Robots. And pretty mean-looking ones, too. Well, team, there's only one thing to do. Run away? Leonardo whipped out his swords. Attack! Oh. A steel-sawing machine flung a saw blade straight at Leonardo, narrowly missing him. Yikes! A giant mechanical claw reached out to grab Michelangelo. Rude, dude. Another robot fired lasers at Donatello, who jumped up to avoid them. Donatello smashed his wooden staff onto the robot's head. Even lasers are no match for a nice strong stick, huh? Michelangelo furiously fought off the robot with the mechanical claw-like arms. Gotcha! The saw blade tossing robot continued to buzz at Leonardo. I must concentrate now! As the machine's blades whirled around, the turtles rapidly sliced through its arms. Turtles fight with honor! Another huge robot with pincers grabbed Raphael. We were trained to fight people, not can openers. Let me go, you junk heap! Raphael, look out behind you! Just then, an enormous steel spool came flying through the air. Raphael stabbed the robot's pincers with his sai and ducked as Michelangelo shoved another robot on top of Raphael's attacker. <laughs> Pieces of smoking metal lay scattered around the room. That's it. I'd say we redecorated this place nicely. Let's find Master Splinter. Donatello picked up something from the floor. Hmm, some kind of power pack. This could be useful. Suddenly, the door ahead slammed shut. Oh, great! Now we have to go back. Oh, no, we don't. Look! Run! A machine at the other end of the hall was rolling toward the turtles. They ran for the closed door, and the Shredder watched it all with evil satisfaction from his surveillance room inside the Technodrome. <laughs> just one chance. This magnetic power pack might just do the trick. Donatello quickly attached the power pack to the door. Leo, throwing star time. Hurry up, that killer rolling pin is almost here. Leonardo flung his throwing star at the power pack. Hey! A giant explosion blew open a hole in the door, but the rolling machine had almost reached them. Here it comes! We're too late! Everybody jump! Now! Yeah! The turtles safely landed on the other side of the jagged hole. <laughs> that was just too close. Look! Master Splinter! Sure enough, there was the rat tied up and dangling from a rope. Don't worry, Master. We'll get you down. Suddenly, they heard the Shredder's voice. I must congratulate you. What? There stood the Shredder with his footbot soldier. Oh, wonderful. It's the same ninja goons we fought last night. 
You passed your test with flying colors. Test? What test? You have proved yourself worthy to join the Honorable Foot Clan. Dream on, Tin Face. I am the Shredder. A kitchen utensil? You would be wise to lose your flippant ways. It was I who made you what you are today. I followed Hamato Yoshi to this country where I gained my advanced technology including my experimental mutagen. It was I who caused you to change into your human form. You owe everything to me. Don't deny your destiny. Join me. Does the phrase, go suck a lemon, hold any meaning for you? Let's cut Splinter down and boogie on out of here. Fools! Very well. I have my own mutants. Bebop, rock steady. In ran the two punks from opposite sides of the room. Each had been transformed by the mutagen into a half-human, half-animal. The Shredder gave them an order. Destroy the turtles! With pleasure, Master Shredder. Yeah. The turtles were surrounded. Okay, team, get ready to jump! The turtles leaped up and grabbed onto Splinter's rope. Rocksteady and Bebop crashed into one another. <laughs> you idiots! The turtles looked down at the fallen mutapunks. Well, I see that that mutation didn't up their IQs any. Footbots, attack! Hearing the Shredder's command, the turtles dropped down to the ground to defend themselves. <laughs> Rock, dudes! Michelangelo whipped out his nunchakus. The other turtles entered the fray. Leonardo's sword sliced through a footbot. Four! Donatello struck a footbot through its neck. Soon the gang of footbots lay lifeless. So much for the ninja robots. Let's cut Splinter down and blow this pop stand. Leonardo carried the rat down the hall. The other turtles followed them. He's very weak. Let's get home. He needs rest. The turtles took Splinter up to the street level. They pushed open a manhole cover and found themselves right outside the zoo. All clear. Rest here, master. Leonardo settled Splinter on a bench, just as a rumbling began underground. What? Rocksteady and Bebop burst through the concrete sidewalk with blaster weapons blazing. Say your prayers, titles! Donatello grabbed the manhole cover and used it as a shield. Well, let's annihilate these turkeys! Leonardo's sword cut Rocksteady's weapon in half. My gun! No fair! Sorry! Raphael's size smashed Bebop's blaster. Oops! <laughs> the mutabunks were defeated for now. But, Raphael frowned. We'll never stop those two. They belong in a zoo, not on the streets. Exactly! Chased by Rocksteady and Bebop, the turtles ran to the zoo and into an empty cage with raised bars. We got you now! Raphael waved to the angry punks. Come on! The mutopunks entered the cage. The party's over! Now, Mike, jump! Close it, Donatello. And the turtle slipped out, just as Donatello hit an emergency button that lowered the cage bars. Let us out, you creeps! You guys are dumb, dumb, dumb! Hey, look! Here comes April! You missed most of the good stuff, April. But check out these goons! April aimed a minicam at the caged mutopunks. Oh, wow! Let us out, you little web-footed runts. I'll make you eat that camera, you little creep! The turtles, Splinter and April, climbed into the Channel 6 van. Come, we must get Splinter home to rest. Hey, let us out of here! Suddenly, a robot broke through the sidewalk and zapped open the cage bars with a ray gun. The Shredder wants to see you. Oh, could you maybe leave us in here, please? Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. 
And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official Lost Boy or Pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander. Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash Neverland Podcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you.